Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kan, the number one international best-selling author of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And um, today I have with me a very special guest, and I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about um, this new school yes this new school <laughs> um and and uh so before we talk about that though um i'll tell you some of the the things you know how how we met and and you know how how i got to you know know about this school um so you know if you're listening in for the first time um my goal here is to help you shine your light right so you can um you know harness uh, your sensitivity, if you feel like you're a sensitive soul like I am, uh, so you can fulfill your purpose, so you can create a life of joy, and um, and I think that uh, we could use even more joy in the world today. So that's why I feel it's really important, and that's why I'm passionate about my mission, and that's why I wrote the book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower. So Aisha Hogan is my guest today, and she's actually the chief and founder of the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. I know that's a big mouthful, but it is uh, the short form is I Awesome, and I absolutely love that. <laughs> and, and why did I decide to be faculty at the school? Well, many reasons. Um, but one of the things is that um, a friend of mine, Jenny Know, some of you are already uh, part of uh, both of our tribes, and she's a highly sensitive person, an energy healer, and I trust her her judgment implicitly. Um, she's one of my best trusted friends. And she said to me, you know, you really should talk to Aisha Hogan about the school. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is the last thing I need is to have one other thing to work on. Because <laughs> I'm like, so busy, three book launches, you know, but uh, Jenny said, you know, you should check it out. And I thought, you know what, if Jenny says, that, I'm going to check it out. So, um, so I had this interview with Aisha Hogan, and uh, just absolutely love this person, because her vision, the synchronicities, the signs were all there. The the mission, I could get on board with the mission, and uh, I let her tell you more about that mission. Um, but I thought, yep, this is it. I have no idea how I'm going to find time for this, but it's going to happen. <laughs> so as of 2021, uh, we started sharing um, I awesome with my tribe. And if you're uh, curious to check out the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery, you can go to my appreciation link, which is karencan.com forward slash I awesome. I cool is you can actually get a free masterclass uh, with Aisha, uh, at least as of this recording, you can get this free masterclass. It's like a two hour masterclass where you really get to do some work and get to do some personal growth. And then if you decide you love what you see, because she's going to give you a little tour of the school, uh, then I'd love for you to join me because I have a very special group in there called sensitivity is your superpower group and it's just launching just starting out so we're starting slow we have you know about 15 people as of this recording which is super exciting uh, but we're going to be doing some uh, conversations real conversation we get to talk to me live in a person I know it's very difficult these days to get me um, in that way usually I'm teaching to you know uh, hundreds and thousands of people and then you don't get to really talk to me but uh, in the school in the safe walls of the school I feel like I can really express myself and um, be able to answer some of your most difficult and challenging questions that maybe, you know, you haven't been able to answer um, outside the, you know, or in a place that's, that's safe and you feel safe. And so I highly encourage you to check out the school. It's beautiful. And we're going to learn more about it today and more about, um, you know, mastery, because that's, that is the whole point, I believe, is uh, for each of our soul's evolution um, as we evolve. We can't de-evolve. Some people kind of say they want to, like, stop knowing. And I was like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. So, <laughs> so mastery is like that, the step, the steps to mastery. We're going to, you know, cover some of those steps today with Aisha. So let me tell you a little bit more about this amazing, amazing woman uh, before I introduce her formally to the show. Um, so her healing journey began literally less than 24 hours prior to her planned suicide. And I have to say, I kind of know that. <laughs> I know that one. Um, so she really didn't have any intention of moving forward any further in her life. And uh, the pain of her life was chipping away at her daily, uh, which had become unbearable. And, and again, I know exactly um, what that feels like because I was in that same space. Um, but then everything changed. You know, someone she barely knew opened a window into that darkness, reached in, 
She didn't know at that time, but she decided to take hold. And now 11 years later, she is, of course, like I said, the visionary founder and chief of the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. She's a life mastery coach specializing in personal growth and development, master clinical hypnotherapist and instructor, master regressionist, sleep specialist, metaphysical hypnotherapist and instructor, Reiki master and teacher, tantric practitioner, shamanic practitioner, obviously. <laughs> Amazing list. Uh, I'll go keep going here. Doctorate of philosophy, ordained non-denominational spiritual minister and an author. Wow. So uh, Aisha, welcome to the show. We're so excited that you're here with us today. Wow, thank you, Karen. With an intro like that, I sound pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and well-deserved, well-deserved. Um, you know, for, for you folks, uh, you know, that actually hasn't checked out IASM yet, I would love for you to, you know, share with us a little bit more intimate detail, if you will, about your journey, because it sounded pretty painful, um, and a lot of people are currently going through some of that right now. Um, our suicide rates have increased in the whole world especially for our young people, which is very sad given the whole COVID-19 pandemic space. And so mastery is something that, oh my gosh, we could use more of. So I'll let you share your story. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I love being here. God, there's all the wonderful things that you do. And I just loved meeting you and I met you at first and I think you're an amazing person. And, you know, I don't just say that. Some people just say that, you know, they're just, they're just saying that because they should. And, and that's not the case because, I'm very fortunate and I awesome that I have these amazing faculty members um, with you included in that wonderful collaboration. When we think about our healing, a lot of us go, you know, I, I, you know, I, I know a little bit about your story as well, Karen, and a lot of us wait until tragedy strikes or until something happens where it's so bad mm-hmm. that there's just no other place to go anymore right and that's really where I was at um when you could when you saw me from the outside it looked like my life was good um but inside I was dying I hated like I I hated wasn't even strong enough like I actually loathed myself I couldn't I I, like just the thought of myself repulsed me and it was just I couldn't stand being with myself anymore And I was really good at hiding it. But when my father died, and it's usually like a tragedy. So when my dad died, um, I, everything came to the surface, everything that I had been suppressing for years since Mm. I was a child, um, everything came to the surface at once. And it was overwhelming. I couldn't stand it anymore. And the thought of planning the end of my life was so exciting to me that I just couldn't wait. Wow. Was, interesting. I was so, I was happy for the first time. Can you believe I actually felt joy in planning the end of my life. I just did not want to be alive one more minute. And even though as a child, I've always believed in past life and, you know, that we come back and all of that. I just mm-hmm. felt like, you know what, I need to hit reset. I've done so, it's been mm. so bad that I need to reset this. I just, I can't do it like this anymore. Too much stuff is messed up. I can't fix this. I felt like there was just no fixing it. You know, that is, I'm so glad that to hear you express it that way, because um, unfortunately there are us, you know, sensitive souls, light warriors who are getting or have gotten to that stage and haven't got to the other side yet. Cause they think, well, this is so bad. I have to end it now. And that's very sad to me. Yes. It, and, you know, when I think back, I can't even recognize that woman anymore, but I love her because, you mm. know, she, she taught me a lot. And when I think about um, even the healing that I was doing, like that per like people stepped into my life literally hours before everything was going to end. And wow. I didn't even know these people. Like they weren't even people that I knew that just showed up for coffee one day. Like it wasn't even that it was like something out there said, Nope, you're not doing this. And, Mm. and all of a sudden, these people showed up, two of them showed up in my life, and changed everything in a matter of hours. Like, don't kid yourself, I'm not saying that I was healed in a matter of hours. But they changed my mindset, they made and they didn't even know what I was going to do. Just whatever they did to me, made me say, Okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Wow. Amazing. 
right? Well, so I'm like, curious, what, like what was one of the messages you got? So one of them was, uh, so I was in Turkey, actually. The, the reason why I was, I had actually set a date for when I was going to end my life. And I set a date because my, when my father died, we were going to go spread his ashes in Turkey. So mm. that was, I had to do that. I had to do that final thing with my family. First. Sure. And I'd never, ever met the other members of my family. I'd never been to Turkey. So I had never met my cousin and other people. So when I went there, my cousin walked and I was like in such a good mood, like a really good mood because you know, <laughs> besides, besides spreading my dad's ashes, you know, myself, I was in a good place because I was like, well, as soon as I get home, this is going to be all done. Right. So cool. I'm just going to enjoy this trip. This will be it. This is, this is, this is the final, you know, see right. you later. And my cousin came up to me and she said, can I do a Reiki session on you? Now, I know, I know how to speak Turkish, but I'm not fluent like that, right? So at that point, I was just like, sure. I'd, I'd had something like that before at some point in my life. I was like, okay, let's do this. But what I didn't realize is that she felt something from me. And mm. she actually, not only did she do a Reiki session, she actually attuned me to level one and level two in the same day. So I got this huge attunement that I didn't know was happening to me. And just that alone, I felt this major shift and something happened to me. Like overnight, I woke up in the morning with, well, maybe I'm not going to do this. And (laughs) we were leaving the next day. So there was no teachings. She just had done this attunement on me, two attunements. So when I asked her what she had done, she said, oh, I attuned you. I felt like you really, she goes, not, not something I do. Usually it comes with teachings and stuff, but I just felt like I needed to do it. And I was like, okay. So I contacted a Reiki master 20 minutes away from the airport. When we landed in, in Canada, I called her from Turkey and I said, listen, this is my situation. This is what I've gone through, but I don't understand what's been done to me. So when I landed, (laughs) And when I landed in Canada, I went straight to her house. No and way. Little did oh I know gosh. that she was teaching level one and level two Reiki that very weekend. Oh and not gosh. only was she a Reiki master, but she was also a hypnotherapist. Mm. And she became like the second woman who basically saved my life. And I remember a day where she was doing hypnosis on me for the first time. I'd never experienced it before. And my, I was so ready to change, but the, the problem why I'd never done it was because she was, her and I were having this battle over me, like letting go of my past. And I said, I can't, I can't let go of my past. And I was defiant about it. And when she asked me why I said, because it's all I am, my pain, what I feel, my heart, my pain, the ache in every cell of my body is everything that I am. And if you ask me to let go of that, there'll be nothing left of me. And I just felt like by letting go of my pain meant I would disappear. Right. Amazing. And I'm I'm just amazed that you could be that clear too. I mean, obviously you were working with her, but um, I don't think people even can put words into that. But I think that what I said to her is I said if I let I said if I let go of this, I'm going to be a puddle on the floor. That's what I said. (laughs) I'm just going to be this pile of boop, poop on the floor. There's going to be like nothing left. It's oh the only thing holding me together. It's all gotcha. I've ever known. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when I think back of my past, right to the age of five, you know, my earliest memories, it's pain. So mm. um, it's, it's dysfunction. It's, it's. Right. So you it know, defines you. Like it defines so you. Boundaries of Aisha pain. So I didn't know what it meant to let that go. Like that sounded like you want me to cut off my arm. What? Like that's exactly what it sounded like. And it made no sense to me at all. I just couldn't even fathom it. So it was, it was quite a journey. I was, I wanted to do it, but it scared the heck out of me. Like it was just like, I can't. And when I got to the point where I said, you know what? I will bite the head off a chicken. If you ask me to do that right now, if it's going to make me feel better, I'll do it. And (laughs) It was only then did I let her do hypnosis on me the first time. Mm. And 
fascinated with everything that was being done to me, so much so that I decided to go get certified in everything that I was experiencing and then wow. some. I just wow, I gained wow, wow. a hunger that I couldn't even explain to anyone. I was so hungry to know, to learn, to expand, to grow, to understand. And every question that I had, it, you know, created a new question. Every answer I got, mm-hmm. more questions. And I just couldn't get the information into my head fast enough. And the expansion I felt and, and it was just, it was something. And when I got to a point, it took me a few years. And when I got to a point where now I need to contribute, now I need to Mm. help others because I can't be the only one who ever felt like this. Right. Wow. That's intense. Now I know some people on the journey you know, can see somebody like you so successful and whatever and, and think, well, you know, that she doesn't know what I'm talking about. You know, or she doesn't know what I'm really feeling. And you're not saying by any stretch of the imagination, you're not saying that this was an easy journey. Are you? No. Oh, my point? God. No, it wasn't an easy journey <laughs> until I'd made a decision to help myself. What I was doing was continuing to put myself in situations before this. I was continuing to put myself in situations that were harming me. So to the Mm. point where I actually equated love with pain. So unless somebody was causing pain to me, that means that they didn't love me. And I could get into a relationship. And unless that man was beating me, I didn't think he loved me. Oh, my gosh. Unless he was mentally abusing me, I didn't think he loved me. I could take mm-hmm. the most calmest man and turn him into an abuser. I could do it. Yeah, tell us about that. How how does that all that work, right? Because they talk about, I don't know, law oh, of attraction. They talk about I, all sorts of I stuff. I knew how to push the buttons. Like I would push mm. and I would push and I would push because I wanted to be loved by them. And unless they hurt me, then that I needed to I needed to have that mm. because that's how I equated it. With no pain, there was no love. Wow. That sounds like a really challenging rewiring of your subconscious and, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, experiences. This is not an overnight transformation, but no. it doesn't sound like a long time when you talk about the timeline here, um, you know, no, in terms it's, it's, of it's about wanting. Sh- shifting. Yeah. It's about making a choice. Yeah. You know, just like I made a choice not to be well, to end my life, I had to make a choice to live. And mm. And not only a choice to live, then it became a choice to contribute. But first it was a choice to live and that and have some kind of meaning in my life. And I had so much fear around so much stuff that you wouldn't know it to look at me. I was like the life of the party. I Mm. I was so good at hiding it all. I was Mm -hmm. so good at hiding it all. I I know that one too. Right. I would be funny. I would, you know, I, I, I thrived on making people like go, did she just say that? Like, you know, and, and making people laugh because Mm -hmm. that was my way of hiding. Mm. Wow. That is incredible. And so did you, when you decided to be of service, because you were at that Mm -hmm. point in your, you know, development evolution, what did you do? It was a really hard choice because I was living, like I had a business at the time and I was working in the financial industry and I was helping streamline businesses. So my, my business was good. I had a television show, uh, Maxed Out, where I was helping women with their money. So wow. it looked on the outside that things were, were okay, were good. I just, I didn't enjoy any of it. I hated all mm. of it. And so I thought, you know what, I can either keep doing this which is not making me feel like I'm contributing anything to anyone Mm -hmm. or, um, or I can change my whole life and I don't know where that's going to lead me. Like it was to the point where I'm going to do this, but I might end up living in a box on the street and I don't care. And I don't care. And I don't care. Wow. Right. That sounds scary to most people. (laughs) Right. But I, you know, I was traveling a couple of times a year. I could see a pair of boots and buy them. I could do all of that stuff, but I was so unhappy. So it was like, it didn't matter what I had. It didn't matter what I could do. None of it was, it was like, it was that instant gratification. It made me feel happy for a moment. It Mm. didn't make me really feel happy inside. And so I thought it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I have to take this leap of faith. There's a reason why my life was saved. 
It didn't just happen. There, was, there had to be a reason why my life was saved. There had to be a yep. reason that, that these people showed up that I didn't even know into my life to save yes. my life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just so I could keep doing work I hated to do. So I have to take a leap of faith. I have to believe in myself and I have to believe that there is something bigger than me out there and I have to do it. So I started doing it part-time at first and then I had to just step right fully into it. And I did. And, you know, I've got the chakra house of healing and that's where I do my private one-on-one work with people. And I love it. Like I love the changes that happen in people. I love, because it's so funny. The people that come to me are pretty much like me. Right. You know, the <laughs> clients that I pull towards me are pretty much the ones that felt the same way that I did. Hmm. It didn't matter what I, I put out. Oh, I want to help these kind of people. Right? Nope. It was always the ones <laughs> that were like <laughs> me that would show up. So the ones yeah, the, the universe is like, like, yeah, we're going to co-conspire here to help you. Exactly. And the really fun, the really interesting and fun part about that is, you know, a lot of us have had an extremely dysfunctional past. And I, I don't say that mine was worse than anyone else's. I haven't lived anyone else's. Mine was the worst for me. And all I can say is all of that, I wouldn't change one beating. Amazing. I would not change, you know, any times, like there was, I never forget the one time I think I peed my pants six times thinking I was going to be killed that day. Like oh I, gosh. I would not change any of that because all of that gave me the strength and the resources and the experience and the relatability to be able to help the people that come to me so that yep. when they come to me and they tell me their story, it's like, I got you. You don't mm-hmm. worry about that. I got you. Mm. Wow. That is so beautiful. And um, yeah, one of, and my, actually one of my uh, programs, we talk about, you know, people having overcome what most people would consider adversity. And uh, the students actually, they can't look ahead on, on the slides or anything. They have to actually guess who it is. And, you know, we, we share their life story. And from these life stories, you think, oh, my gosh, how is this person ever going to get out of that? Right. And then the next slide, you find out who it is. And it's somebody they know, you know. But maybe they didn't know that, uh, right. know the story behind it. Um, so that's so beautiful, you know, what you've just shared about your life and, and how you help people. So maybe you can share a little bit about, like, what kind of work do you do in the Chakra House of Healing? So the Chakra House of Healing, um, I am a self-mastery coach. That's what I call myself. I've never really found the right term, I think. But, the, you know, I want to help people to be able to step into their limitlessness to get Mm. into their path, to be able to know that they have a superpower inside them. They have some kind of beautiful force in there and they Mm -hmm. know it. Some of them know it and they don't know how to tap into it. Some of them feel like there's like a lot of my clients, they come in and they're like, there's, they were like me. There's no point to my life. You know, I don't get it. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any path. Of course you do. You know, you do. And it's about really helping them move past that way of thinking and saying mm-hmm. and, and teaching them without them even realizing it, like giving them some tools and say, here, try this today. When I see you next week, see if you try this a few times. And by the time we've been working together for a while, they don't even, it's, it's just, it just happens that all mm. of a sudden they're like, Aisha, I know I can do this now, or I have this really great idea about what I want to do. And before they know it, you know, they're saving their own lives, mm. you know, and, that is great. and, and that's, really how I want them to do it I want them to come to me so I've never considered myself as a healer even though I have all the skills that you know that a healer should have I've never considered myself a healer I am a facilitator the person who is healing is the healer yep Yep. they're the ones who are are doing all the healing work I'm just helping them I'm giving them every tool that I that that I could possibly give them to allow them to make it happen in a really short period of time. Like to the point where I've got like one of the people that I help the most are people with fibromyalgia and mm. they've gotten gone so bad in their lives that now it's manifesting all over them. Like it's yep, just yep. on this physical and mental thing. And the sadness of fibromyalgia is that 
it's hard for people with fibromyalgia to ask for help. They ask for it, but they don't really want it. And I know that sounds really weird for me to say that, but it's true. And the Mm -hmm. reason why they don't really want it is because they've asked for help for so many times, but it's never worked. And so they're afraid to hope. So now what they've done is they've defined themselves by the illness. Yep. And I can tell you right now, I've worked with several clients with fibromyalgia who no longer have it. I love it. You know, it's so taken us, I call it my nine month rebirth program. It is, it takes a little bit of time. It took you a long time to get to that situation. It's going to take us a little bit of time to get you out of it, mm-hmm. but it is a rebirth and you have, well, to and then, want I mean, given that most people like as a medical doctor, um, and I'm sure you know this, but, but you know, uh, most people fibromyalgia never get better you know, uh, in, in terms of conventional medicine model. Nope. And that's what frustrated me. Um, my mom actually got uh, fully disabled from fibromyalgia uh, when her 40s and had to quit work. And she was a brilliant, brilliant uh, primary school, middle school teacher. I mean, brilliant, you know, genius, really, um, at helping these kids. And, and even the, 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 the worst of the worst kids they gave to her, which probably caused part of her stress because <laughs> she was so brilliant at it. Um, but, um, yeah, we don't expect in medical, um, conventional medicine to have these people actually heal. We give them medications. Um, I tried yeah, those, which is no. horrible. Um, and they, and we were like, well, you know, stress relief, right? Go to counseling, right? And they go to counseling and they go to counseling and the counselor's like, uh-huh, how do you feel? And, oh, that must feel bad. And, you know, all this kind yeah, of stuff, you but can't, you can't not use, accountable. You cannot use those conventional methods. And no. And I'm not saying that we're going to like light candles and throw rose petals all over the place. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> that, you know, it's when we want to heal holistically, when I say holistically, people automatically go to that spiritual place. Um, they go to woo woo. Um, it's not that like it's dealing with your mind. It's dealing with your body. It's dealing with your energy. It's dealing with your yeah. emotions. It's dealing with your subconscious. It's dealing with your nervous system. And unless you deal with all of that, like, and that's what holistic is as humans, we are all these different levels and layers. And if we do not deal with all of those layers and we only go talk to a psychiatrist or we only go talk to a counselor, then what you're mm-hmm. basically doing is putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound. It's not going to stop the bleeding. Right. You have to deal with everything on every level. And only then are you going to be able to take some big strides. One of the clients that I worked with, he was 25 years in bed. He oh is gosh. a physicist. He works at our nuclear, there's a nuclear power plant not too far from me here. And he couldn't work full time anymore because he couldn't get out of bed. He's got children. He has a wife. He couldn't, he could not contribute into his own life anymore. And he was considering ending it. And so he came here, this guy who's totally scientific and he found out about me and he thought, well, this is the last thing I could possibly try. And Mm -hmm. he showed up here and, you know, not only is he better, but now he's also a Reiki master. He wants his hypnosis Aww. certification. Like he has come so far and he is so involved in his life. He is back to fishing and building and he's a sculptor. Aww. And, you know, he's constantly out doing stuff and working on his house and roofing his house. And, you know, and he's all, he does all these things that he couldn't even get out of bed before. He would get out That's of bed, amazing. go to work, come back, go to back to bed. <sighs> that was his life. Yep. Been there. (laughs) Right. So if you want to get better with your life, there's some things that some of us are really good at. I have to say that I'm extraordinary at helping people with this, with getting rid of fibro because it, it, you can, but people, the people with fibro, I have to say the one challenge that I have come to face with this is that some of them want to stay there. They've learned to define themselves by it. Yep. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Definitely, having gone through it, my mother gone through it, um, and then seeing my patients and their and their and their patterns um, that they often wouldn't show up again. <laughs> I challenge them a little bit, um, and uh, now I, there's different ways I would approach it. But back in the past, it was frustrating for doctors for sure, 
because they would just kind of roll their eyes, you know, when they saw the patient on the, on the roster going, Oh God, not her, you know, and and that's horrible to say, but that's what doctors did because we didn't know, you know, what to do. And then I was good at counseling and loving and being compassionate. And that was helpful. And I would say 99% of people stuck with me, but I wasn't really, uh, you know, transforming their lives. I didn't know as a medical doctor, how to do that. I'm not trained in that kind of thing. I can talk to them. I can be empathetic, which did help. But I, at the end of the day, I was still, you know, prescribing whatever the medical association said was the best medication to treat these folks. And until I got fibromyalgia myself and discovered this whole other area, you know, energy medicine and nutritional medicine and, you know, mindset stuff, subconscious, um, I really was doing like tiny, tiny bits of, you know, helping these patients, not the kind of work we're talking about now. So, right. And if they just like, if, if at the end of the day, you know, if you are suffering from this, you know, and, and, and you're, and there's always, there is always a way, you know, I hear my dad in my head, like, you know, the one thing he used to always say to me, you know, in his accent and his old school way of saying things, he'd always say, there's 50 ways to skin a cat. And at the end of the day, he (laughs) would say, there's always a way. His yeah. whole life, you know, his career, he was an HVAC mechanic and, and his whole life was about troubleshooting and finding a solution, right? So in, in his business, and it, that's basically what we're doing, right? We're troubleshooting. The problem mm-hmm. is some of the, the solutions are not, are some, especially in the medical field, I think they're, they're got their hands tied because, you, in, you know, being a medical doctor, maybe you can't give some of the solutions that you want to give you have to give this thing or maybe you, you can't do this or you can do that. It depends on the country, I guess, or whatever right. training you or, and whatever, you know, the health department say that you can do and what you can't do. But as a holistic practitioner and someone who understands all of this, you know, I will never, not even if I could, would I give a prescription for medication because we have the ability, we are so miraculous as human beings that just as we can make ourselves so sick mm-hmm. and so ill, we can also make ourselves so well. We were made in such a beautiful way that we are a miracle and we can do whatever we want with the right tools and the right facilitation and learning and learning what we can do and how miraculous we are and how masterful we are that we can become the master of our lives and tell our bodies what to do. That's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so awesome that you do that. Well, now I know who to refer to for all fibro people that come my way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, absolutely. That, that's my gig. You that know. is awesome. Well, you know, I want to share a little bit about, um, you know, the five steps to mastery that you're going to share with us today. But before we do that, I just want to remind everyone on the call or on the, who was ever listening on the replay that you can check out the International Academy of Universal Self Mastery, yes. where Aisha Hogan is the chief and founder. And I'm faculty and, and uh, Kathy Holmeyer, my good friend, uh, who's also live uh, right now in the chat. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just uh, posting some awesome comments here. She's also faculty there. So I'm super happy to have my best buddy, you know, also at IAWESOME. Um, and uh, if you're listening and you're on my tribe, check it out, uh, karencan.com forward slash iawesome. So that is I-A-U-S-M, all one word. So karencan.com forward slash iawesome. And then if you're uh, tribe members with Kathy and part of her tribe, yeah, please use her appreciation link to, to join us there. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, so Aisha, maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the five steps and then maybe what's in your a master your mission free master class that's going on at iAwesome. Okay. So the five things that I'm going to tell you right now are going to sound like very simple, but here's the thing. The one thing that I have learned is that happiness in our lives comes from progress. And unless mm. we're making progress in our lives, we won't be happy long-term, right? So even if someone is successful in their life, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're fulfilled. One does not equal the other, right? So there's a lot of successful people in this world that does not mean that they're having inner happiness. I was one of those people, right? I look successful from the outside and I was not a happy woman, right? So, you know, we look at people like Whitney Houston, right? She had everything. Oh my gosh. Watched her documentary and then, you know, she ended her life, right? Mm. So 
you know, just because we're successful does not mean that we are happy. Okay. So happiness comes from progress. The only way that we can have progress is through consistency because consistency creates momentum. A lot of us read these self-help books and stuff, right? And we just go, oh, we have all these aha moments and, and, and everything. And yet we may try one or two of those things, but because we're not consistent with things, we don't see any long-term change, right? So we, what we have to do is find the things that resonate with us the most, that will help us the most. And that's why it's really good to have someone like, you know, Karen or myself or, or, or a coach of some kind to help you with your accountability and your momentum to help you to create that momentum. So out of these five things, the one thing is to live on manual. And that means with some deliberate intent. The reason why I say live on manual is because 97% of our lives, we are a human living on autopilot. Mm-hmm. We're doing things the same way all the time and expecting a different result. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way, right? So we keep using the same resources we have. We keep doing things the same way. We keep making the same choices and decisions. We keep going back to those choices and decisions. And we don't change things. And when we don't change things or take a different road or try a different route or go to a different place or try something new, when we don't do that, then we're going to end up in the same place. So living on autopilot is not one thing that you want to do. You need to take control of your life, you know, not be a puppet. You need to be the puppet master. And in order to do that, you need to be deliberate in the things that you do. And that's not an easy thing. It sounds simple, but it's not easy to all of a sudden take control of every moment of your life and start being very deliberate in your choices. Right. And that's what you're talking about. Live on manual. Yeah. Not on on autopilot. So if you think about autopilot, you know, so now let's, let's take it to the, let, let me just make this a little bit relatable. A lot of us have these really cool cars that we can put on cruise control and whatever, right? All these really yep. nice, fun things. Remember those old 57 Chevys where you had like the stick shift and it was like, it would go in and like bouncing around and everything, right? That's where I want you. I want you in one of those. You have to really <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Attention. I still have a manual here. <laughs> a manual super. <laughs> you have to pay attention to what you're doing. So you want to be driving your vehicle where you're really looking around and not tunnel vision. You need to turn your Mm. head. You need to look because sometimes we ask for things in our lives, but if we don't turn our head, we're not going to see it. Yeah. Right. We need to look around at what's happening with us. Part of living on manual is one of the other things that one of my other five is your words. What are you saying? Mm. Right. What are the words coming out of your mouth? Oh my God, my life is so daunting. Do you know what daunting does to the body? That's an awful feeling in the body. Your body will release chemicals because of that word. That is, that's not good. Even when someone asks you, like, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. Fine? Who wants to be fine? Be excellent. <laughs> be amazing. Right? Even if you don't feel that way, say those words because your subconscious knows what those words mean. And they mm. will take you up to excellent. They will take you up to awesome. If you just say, I'm fine, and you are feeling great that day, you've actually brought yourself down to fine, right? Wow, so fascinating. It's about using the right words. Don't say, I hate that. Say, um, um, I don't really prefer that. It's a different feeling yep. in the body. When totally. we say that we're really busy, that's a big word we use right now. I'm so busy. How about you say, I'm in demand? <laughs> I'm in demand. Ooh, I like that one. Right? Thank That's you. a completely different word. Right? Yeah. Or I'm so overwhelmed. How about you say, oh, my God, I have so many opportunities in my life. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different feeling in the body. So yes. the words that we say have different vibrations and frequency. What is it that you're saying in your head? What is it that you're coming out of your mouth that's creating a frequency and vibration in your body that's keeping you down? So that's mm-hmm. part of it is just actually transforming your language, right? Beautiful. And some words don't work anymore. Like the word abundant. We have heard that everywhere. Abundant. It's a little abundant, bit watered abundant, down now. To the point where it doesn't even mean anything anymore, right? What if you yeah. said something like, I want a plethora of opportunities in my life, you know, just something <laughs> that makes you giggle. Like I giggle every time I hear the word plethora, but it's like it's a different word, bountiful. Look up synonyms. Mm-hmm. Remember, we have synonyms in our, in our language. You know, we have such a big language. And 
out of all of the words in our language, we might use 10,000 words. And of those 10,000 words, 3,000 of those words are about our feelings. And believe it or not, 2,000 of those 3,000 are negative feelings. Wow. Only 1,000 of the words are positive. So we need to start checking what are we saying? What is the message that we're putting out there? What is it that we're saying? And is the language that we're using actually keeping us in the situation that we're in? Mm-hmm. Oh, I right? love so that part. I love that part. have incredible power, right? The other thing is choices, right? So if the choices that you're making are not working, guess what? Make different choices. We make choices almost every second of our lives. You're making a choice to listen to me right now. You're making a choice to breathe. You're making a choice to say, hey, I think I'm thirsty. Oh, I got to use the bathroom. These are all choices. We're constantly making choices almost all day long. Do you have any idea how many choices you're making? So it's like on autopilot, you don't know. But if you start being deliberate and thinking about it, and does that really align with what I want? Does that choice really work for me anymore? And start questioning those choices, right? Mm. Is, that, is that choice giving me what I want? Is that choice aligning with me? You know, is it, is it taking me where I want to go? And when I talk about questions, we always ask the why question. Why is this always happening to me, Right. When we ask the same, you know, why questions are horrible questions. Don't ask yourself why anymore. Why, do, why does this happen to me? Questions like why will always take you to a victim state. Why does this happen? Why does that happen to me? Why am I always going through this? Those types of questions will always keep you in a victim state. Our 2 million-year-old brain is wired to give us solutions, and, and so is the universe. But we have to ask the right questions. If we keep asking the same questions, we're going to keep getting the same answers. So you need to ask different questions. So the questions could be something like, how do I make a change? What type of things can I do in my life that will stop this from happening? Right? You ask Mm -hmm. different questions, you will get different answers. You ask the same question, you're a hamster on a wheel. You're going to get the same answers all the time. And is that part of the asking different questions, that part of questioning your choices? Yes, questioning yourself. So questions is, you know, it's one of the five things, but then Mm. making choices. So if you question it and you get another answer, which may not come in that moment, it might show up, you know, two hours later, it might show up the next day where it's like, oh my gosh, there's the answer, right? It's because Mm -hmm. you asked a different question, your brain, your energy has given you a different answer. And now your choice becomes, does my choice align with this? I'm choosing to do this, but this is the answer. So maybe this choice that I'm making isn't working anymore. I got to try something new. And you might find the choice that you make. The next choice is not the right choice either. So you'll try a different choice. But that's the whole purpose is trying different things until you find something that, oh, that starts to feel better. And now you have to bring the consistency and the momentum in it. If it starts to feel better, then keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't just do it once and expect. We've been conditioned for, for instant gratification. Quick fix. Right? Yep. It doesn't work yep. that way. Otherwise, we'd all do it. It'd be crazy easy. It is easy, right. but you need, to con- you need to continue. You need to create that momentum. Because to bring yourself into a state where you feel defeated Guess what? You did some stuff over and over and over again to get yourself there. You already did consistency, but it was in the wrong direction. Now you can, you know, change the focus, you know, change the beam on the flashlight and go, now I want to go over here. So I've got to make some different choices to get there because the same choices are not going to get you there. Mm hmm. So right? true. So it's choices, so it's true. questions, it's words, it's being on manual. And it's also looking at your past and stop. Like, I know we need to deal with our triggers. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, belittling that. But what I'm saying is think of your life that, have, that you've gone through like a buffet. Okay. Every dish on the buffet you've tasted. And it's either you liked it or you didn't like it or you don't prefer it anymore. But for some reason, we want to keep eating the plates of food that we hate that we prefer not to eat, that tastes bad, right? So it's uh-huh. that, that those, those plates, those dishes in your life, that buffet behind you, 
It was there to, to bring contrast in your life. You tried this, you didn't like it. So now you know that you don't want to do it again. Right. So those things created contrast in your life. That's why you actually experienced it because now you know that I like this, but I don't really like that. This is great, but I prefer not that not too much of this. Right. But people are funny in, in a way that like, if I don't, if I hear music that I don't like, I'll either turn it down or turn it off or leave the room or whatever. If I smell something that's offensive, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, what's that? Right. I want to smell that. But for some reason, if we, so all of our other senses we pay attention to. If we don't want to look at something, we'll close our eyes or turn off the TV or whatever we'll do. If we don't want to listen to something, we'll turn it off. If we don't want to smell something, we'll leave the room. We'll leave that space. But for some reason, if we don't want to feel something, we will let ourselves feel it over and over and over again. We don't listen to that sense. We listen hmm. to the other ones, but we don't listen to that sense. So if something doesn't feel good, then clearly it's a plate on your buffet you don't want to eat anymore. Because everything we experience in our lives, our brain and our energy and our subconscious, look at it like food. It's nourishment, right? So not everything we take in our mouth is nourishment. It's also what we look at. It's what we listen to. It's what we see. It's what we feel. It's what we touch. This is all nourishment for us. So if it's not nourishing, the question becomes, is this nourishing for me? And if it's not nourishing for me, then I need to stop eating this. So are you talking about also rehashing the past in our minds over and over again so we feel bad about it? We do that, right? We tend to do it. It's usually sometimes the first thoughts in our head in the morning, you know, is things that made us feel bad, right? So it's not about rehashing it. It's about using it. It's about using it as part of your tools, your resources. Hey, I've already tried that. I don't like it. So I'm not going to eat that again. (laughs) Right, right. It's not to say that it's that simple. Like, yes, there's some work that needs to be done around it, especially if it's been very traumatic for you. So, but it's also helps you in the meantime to make some decisions. I've already tried that. I don't like it. So I'm not going to do it again. Right. So if you use your past as what did I learn from that? You know, I think of it like a walnut, right? Every experience you've been through is a walnut. Some of us have, you know, when we all say we have baggage. So some of us have big bags of baggage and some of us need a bulldozer for to <coughs> move our bags of walnuts, right? So if we actually put down our bag of walnuts and cracked open the walnut and ate the meat that's inside, that's the lesson. What did I learn? We never ask ourselves, what did I learn? We're so wrapped up in the shell in the feeling and what happened, yep. Yep. we don't say, why did this happen? What did I learn from this? Right? Every obstacle that comes up in our life is there to teach us something. Right? Even I like to say, uh, I like to say, um, you know, all right, so this happened and uh, can't wait to see what good comes out of it. (laughs) And then start looking for it. Right? So opportunities, we love the opportunities. But what if we looked at the obstacles as an opportunity with a challenge? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that, that's going to really teach us something. But instead, we get all wrapped up in the shell. So it's time to put down our bag of walnuts, start eating the meat, asking ourselves, what did I learn from that experience? Mm. What did that teach me? Right? And now when something like that shows up in my life again, I'll be like, okay, I can make a better decision. I can make a better choice because I know I don't like it. And and I know you're not saying, because some people, you know, they misconstrue, well, she's just telling me to forget about what happened no, in the past. No, that's no, not no. what you're saying. No, it's about, especially you don't want to forget about it. What you don't want to do is get wrapped up in the emotions of it. What you want to do is use it as fuel. You use want it to use fuel. it as knowledge. You want to use it to educate your future choices, to find out what aligns with you and what doesn't align with you. Those things that happened in your past create contrast. They allow you to make better choices in the future. But like me, who didn't see it at the beginning, I just kept making people hurt me all the time because I wasn't understanding. I wasn't eating the meat. I kept myself wrapped up in this message of love is pain, love is pain, love is pain, right? So I just kept myself, I just kept perpetuating that same thing over and over again instead of saying what am I learning from this Mm -hmm. 
You yeah, know, and am I making choices that align that are, that are my that are good for me right now? Right? Where we make our decisions in the past based on the knowledge that we had in the moment. Right. Right? So we make those decisions back then. You may not have had the knowledge that you have now. But if you have more knowledge now, why would you keep putting yourself in a position where you didn't have the knowledge? Yeah, it's like this habitual whatever pattern. It's the whole autopilot thing, right? Which yeah, the is autopilot why you thing. Yep. More deliberately and more manually, right? And so if you start thinking in this way, you can already start to go, okay, you know, I might not have all the answers, but I'm certainly like going to start really paying attention to what I'm doing. Right? I love it. And if you can start doing that, then when you go to someone like myself or Karen or, or, you know, someone else who has, you know, beautiful trainings that can help you, then you're like, okay, this is my situation. This is what I've been doing. And I need help to get myself out of this. And that's where we can then really, really help you. Right. Because it's like, okay. So when like these five things that I told you right now, that's my first session with people because we have to lay a foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. I need I to start it. paying attention to what you're doing. Right. If you start paying attention to what you're doing, to what you're saying, notice that your past is not your, it's your story. Your story is your story, right? It's never going to change. What happened to you in your life happened to you in your life. Absolutely. But it's, how do I tell my story? When I used to tell my story, I was the victim of my life. I told my right. story like it happened to me and that's what happened to me. But when I tell my story now, I am the hero of my story. Because mm. when I tell my story now, it's this happened to me. But because this happened, now I can do this. I learned this from that. I learned this from that. That happened. Yeah, it happened. But I learned this and this and this from it. And to say that I wouldn't even change one beating. I wouldn't change one beating. I wouldn't change the fact that I planned my suicide. I would not change one of those things. Because all of those things taught me so much. And now when I stand in front of a client, I've got a whole plate full of goodies for them. I have all kinds of experience that I can bring to the table. Because learning things in a book or whatever is great. But when you add your own experience to it, when you can relate to that person and they're telling you their story, there's nothing that anyone can tell me that would ever shock me. You know, (laughs) when people tell me stuff, I'm like, okay, I get it. I might not know exactly how they feel because I'm not that person, but I got a pretty good idea. Mm. Yeah, you can empathize, definitely. Right? I got a pretty good idea because I've been there, right? So I, I, I get it. I get what that feels like. You know, so, I get um, how we can feel that way. So if someone, uh, here's a question. Um, so if someone has a friend, Uh who has gone through a traumatic place and they're kind of in that victim mode and they're, you know, maybe doing self-destructive things. What can we do as friends and loved ones to support that person who doesn't seem to want help or doesn't seem to want to shift from that victim mode right now? Is there something we can do as friends and family members? Well, I think number one is just to educate them that there's help. I think that's Mm -hmm. the first thing. I think, um, you know, to, to send them to someone like myself or to iAwesome or to you or someone like that that can help them and to do some homework for them and to help them. I think the worst thing that we can do is coddle them. Mm. You know, coddling, it sounds great, but we have a lot of people in our lives that go, oh, it's going to be okay. And the first thing I used to think is like, no, it's not. Exactly. Me too. I'm like, F you, right? Yeah, like, no, it's not going to be okay. You don't have no you idea. You live my life. Right. You don't know it's not. So. You know, yeah. I am pretty direct with my clients, right? So when they say, you know, some of them want coddling, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give that to you. That's not what you get mm-hmm. here. Yep. You know, we, we, we move forward, not me to go, oh, poor you. I'm not going to help you with that, right? Yeah. So it's about really saying, like, there's a reason for all of us. Listen, if somebody wants to take their lives, they will. There's nothing we can do to stop them. It's unfortunate. They have to feel inside them that they have hope. There is always hope. And I think it's really about giving them that hope and saying, listen, there's another way. And if this is what you want to do, then how about I send you to someone first? How about we just have a conversation 
right? And if still you want to do this, then that's your choice. And I think it's Mm. even giving someone the choice to end their life or not end their life. And when they feel like they have a choice, even though they always did, but they did it because they felt like they had no choices. But when you give them some choices, then it's like, oh, you're giving them some of their power back. Right. I love that. Great advice. Aisha, we have about five minutes left or so. Okay. Um, can you tell us more about iAwesome? Like, yeah. how did you create it? What's in it? Oh, uh, I could it never tell for? who isn't it a fit for. Well, that's okay, because we can go a little over time. Actually, we, we did as long as you can, because we, we scheduled a little longer just in case. Okay, no problem. I just hope my mother doesn't come to the door right now. But so here's the thing. <laughs> So if you go to iawesome.com, so that's I-A-U-S-M.com, iawesome.com, it's the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. There is a nine-minute video at the beginning that will kind of tell you the story of iawesome. But this showed up for me after pandemic, and this showed up as a vision. Believe it or not, I went into a meditation, and this kind of this idea of iawesome showed up. You know, I wanted Mm -hmm. big love in my life. That's what I was asking for. You know, how do Mm -hmm. I bring big Mm -hmm. love into my life? And iawesome was the answer. Not what huh. I was expecting. I was expecting like a man. Right. A man. <laughs> Instead, I got I awesome, right? So I decided that, you know what? I have not much else to do right now during this pandemic and lockdown and stuff back in March. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this and see what happens. And so I started working on it. And, you know, here we are, January, almost a year. And we've just launched her. Um, we've had some soft launches, but she's really open since January. And... You know, we've got over 100 faculty. We, it's a whole social network, um, a social community. This is where people are not just, they're meeting all kinds of coaches and mentors and teachers who are bringing their passion, not their sales, to the table. Oh, hey, sign up with me. If there's none of that going on. It's passion. How can I help you? You know, mm. how can I help you? And that's the type of teachers that we have at iAwesome. It's how can I help you? And you can interact with those teachers. So it's not about just taking a course that they're offering, but it's also about interacting with them, you know, and getting help that you need and being part of a community where you are safe and you are not being censored and that you are accepted and you are loved right away, right away. And just and there's nobody trying to sell you anything. And that's the funny part. You know, we go into these different social networks and completely, you know, there's all this marketing and do this and do that and the other thing. And in, I also, when you come in, it's quiet. And at first I thought that was a negativity. You know, we're not, we're not noisy enough for them when they come in. But <laughs> it's actually a positive thing because we've had our choices made for us. So when you come into iAwesome, mm. part of your mastery is to be able to get your choices back. It's to be able yes. to make decisions for yourself, right? That is part of being masterful. So when you come into iAwesome, you have choices. Oh, I'm going to take this course. I'm going to take that course. I'm going to go into Master Your Mission and do a two-hour master class with Aisha. I'm going to take that class even before I enter iAwesome and learn some things about iAwesome. And I take you into goals and motivations and we have fun for two hours. I take you deep into yourself and letting you learn a little bit more about yourself than you knew that before you came in. And you can do that before you come into iAwesome and you come in and, you know, I am there with you all the time as available as you want me to be to help you, to teach you, to learn, to lead you to the right teachers, right? But not Mm -hmm. push you or give you all time, you know, do it in the next 24 hours so you can get it for $97. Like there's none of that nonsense. It's more about, <laughs> hey, why don't you go meet Karen? She's got a great group here and she's got some great courses that you might be interested in. You know, there's a ton of free courses that people can take as soon as they oh, come in. Oh, a ton. There's a ton. So it's more many all the offerings. time. And it's a community where there's posts and, and there's profiles and there's messaging to each other and, you are supported in iAwesome. It's so different than anything else that's out there. And, you know, it was funny because when people asked me about it, you know, what else can I compare it to? Can I compare it to, you know, Valley? Can I compare it to Udemy? Can I compare it to this? Can I compare it to that? And I kept saying, no, 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 no. And I started trying to find things that were like her. And I can't find anything like her. Even when I mm. hired a mass, like a marketing company, they were looking for things to compare it to, to create a campaign for us. And like, there's, there's nothing like you out there. 
I go, I, I know. <laughs> right? And I look at I awesome like, you know, in our history, we've had lots of transcendent souls that have come down that have made a real mark in our history um, and positive, positive marks in our history. And mm. I believe that I awesome is one of those transcendent souls. Cool. I believe I'm only here to help her do what she's supposed to do. The only difference is we have evolved as humanity. So she's not coming down as a person. She's coming down as technology, just a different way. And it's a complete collaboration of these amazing faculty that come together, that bring their passion to the table. And I awesome answers their why it answers their why of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to help people step into their limitlessness. And those are the types of teachers that we have at I awesome. And I, I love that they go through, you know, they, they interview with you, you get a feel for them, they get a feel for the school, and then it's the fit, you know. Um, yeah, not and, every and, teacher, not, I don't accept right. every teacher into I Awesome. Um, the right ones have shown up, but there's been a few that have been like, I've said, I'm sorry, this is not for you, because mm. they're too caught up in the packages, and how much can I sell, and can I do my funnels, and can I do this and do that, and I'm like, you're losing the message here. I need your passion. I need you to remember why you started doing what you're doing in the first place. Those are the teachers that I want, the ones that want to contribute and not contribute in how many packages can I sell, but contribute in a way that says, hey, these students matter to me and I want to help them. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And, and I just love having my own little group now in there. And I love the, <laughs> uh, the ability to do these discussion threads because there are certain things that might be a little too spicy for some people. And then they have a choice, right? We're talking about choice earlier. Like they can choose to subscribe to that discussion or not. Like they don't have exactly. to subscribe to everything. They're not inundated with stuff they don't want to know. They can just choose. And that's what I love, uh, you know, about that format and being able to truly tell people what I'm actually doing in the back scenes of, <laughs> you know, the healing that I'm doing uh, because yep. it's not necessarily appropriate for public consumption um, and, you know, uh, garnering unwanted attention, let's just say you know, from yep. certain others. So um, it's, I just feel so much safer, if you will. And I don't mean I felt threatened and, oh my God, I have to be safe, but more like, I feel like I can be more of who myself, you know, exactly. more of myself and, and, and be authentic that, and real. Serve, and Yeah. Then we can serve them better. Right. Yeah. So, yep. you know, when you come into I awesome, there's lots of different teachers, there's lots of different courses. It can feel like, oh my God, how do I navigate here and all of that, but we're there to help you. Right. So, it's, it's different. No one's telling you what to do. You have your choices. You can make decisions for yourself. You know, um, it's a little different. So, you know, we're constantly making her better all the time with everyone's feedback. Um, but at the end of the day, she's here to help you. I don't know why I think she's a she, but I do. And, and I also is here to help you bring you into your limitlessness if you let her. And that's a yeah. choice that comes yeah. back to I have to make a choice. Yeah. Right. Do I want it to be easy so I don't have to think? Or (laughs) do I want to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to dig in here because I need to. And I think for people that, uh, whether they're starting in the middle or, you know, very evolved into their own um, self, you know, mastery journey, self-healing journey, um, even their self-responsibility journey, I think that IASM is a beautiful support uh in there and by the way the courtyard magazine i was just flipping through it for (laughs) february oh my gosh it's gorgeous i mean it's beautiful it's i mean this is not just some little oh here's a newsletter you know (laughs) it's like no our magazine is amazing and i don't know if anyone knows how hard it is to put out a magazine and a lot of my friends are just like aisha i can barely keep up with a magazine one doing one quarterly how are you doing this monthly and oh, we have, have no a great editor, Stephanie, and you know, but we also have great faculty that are giving us amazing content. It's a no-brainer, really. Mm, you know, it's, and it's we have a, great content. Such a beautiful gift. And we have it's a course calendar. It's open to everyone can get it. So if you go to iAwesome, you can subscribe to it. It's a whole course calendar that tells you every course that we have in in iAwesome, and you get to meet some of our faculty by reading their articles. You know, right, even before joining. Even before joining, yeah, yeah, this is for yeah. everybody, right? And it's really about learning about us. And every, every magazine has a theme. So this one was around being rooted and grounded. Um, mm. And the next one that's coming out in March is about integrity. 
Mm. You know, it's all around integrity. Beautiful. I love it. That's so great. Aisha, it's been such a joy to you know, interview you today. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. And um, is there a way people can connect with you if they, for example, have fibromyalgia or have somebody they know with fibromyalgia and they want to work with you personally? Yes. Um, if they go to, uh, it's the Chakra House of Healing, and I'm going to spell Chakra because some people don't know how to spell it. So it's C-H-A-K-R-A. So thechakrahouseofhealing.com. You can go on there and just, you know, I do 60-minute free consults with everyone. So that's wow. how we get to know each other a little bit. And, I, you know, I want to hear your story. And that's why it's 60 minutes because I can't rush you. I want to hear your story, right? I want to hear where you're at. I want to hear what you want. I want to hear your goals. And then I know better how to help you, right? Mm, how I can help beautiful. you. And if, if what I have resonates with you, then let's get this party started, right? So that's... <laughs> You know, that's what the Chakra House of Healing is all about. And I, you know, I've actually today, I was thinking about doing it as a 90 minute session because, you know, some people's stories are pretty intense. You know, you got to have some time to tell those stories. Right. Um, But I don't let you live throughout your, through your story. And what that means is that I like, I I love hearing people's story, but I don't want them to tell me the victim version over and over and over again, because Mm -hmm. remember the words I was talking about earlier, right? If we keep saying the same words, we're going to keep perpetuating because our, our, our subconscious and our body doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future, our energy. So when we keep reliving something, our body is actually being re-traumatized. So because I don't want to re-traumatize someone, it's like, okay, tell me your story, but now we're going to start telling your story differently. Mm. Right. I don't want you to keep telling that same story that you keep saying because you keep hurting yourself over and over and over again every time you tell the story like that. Yep. Right. So we need to make you stop hurting yourself and telling your story in a different way. Mm. That is beautiful and generous. Um, Aisha, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm just so pleased uh, to, you know, to meet you and to be part of this uh, amazing project. I awesome. And uh, looking forward to the future. And Kathy says, hello. <laughs> hey. and she's loving what she's hearing today. She's on the chat here with us. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just so thrilled. She's part of it as well. Um, so Aisha, thank you again for your time thank and your you. love. And thank your you for, for listening to my story. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. And thanks everyone for listening in until next time. Bye for now. And lots of love.